leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Chris here. Welcome to Break into uh, Breaking into Cybersecurity Fridays. I have the beautiful, the uh, the intelligent <laughs> uh, Veronica Rauch with us, and then I have Chris. <laughs> I'm really thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for the introduction. I'm very happy to be here. You need to come here more often so everyone can come stroke my ego. I appreciate yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, like, that's a good start to my day. Most definitely. Uh, thank you for coming on post-Thanksgiving. Yes. Usually people in the food comatose or they're going crazy in shopping centers, <laughs> killing oh, each yeah. other. I mean, well, yeah. I'm going crazy. I'm just physically doing that at home for the day. <laughs> Right, you sacrifice Black Eye Friday. I, I, uh, I, I can do without the battle of the, the front line. Yes, you sacrifice getting an eighty-six inch TV for a hundred dollars. Right, I'm basically okay. a hero. I'm, I'm allowing <laughs> someone else to have it. You know, I'm yes, you like the TV. Right, and a PlayStation Five for fifty dollars. You sacrificed know, all that to come sit with us, me it's and Chris. It's gonna hurt when I pay full price for the PlayStation, but you're all worth it, and I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Yes, so I want to begin with some introductions. If you could introduce yourself to our audience, and yeah. Um, yeah. yes, I am Veronica Rauch. I reign, I live in the San Diego area, so I'm actually it's 10 a.m. over here right now. I know it's Eastern Standard Time for you folks over there, so it's kind of woke up and hit the ground running. But I am here, I work as a cybersecurity compliance engineer, so I work with the utilities organizations. So the company I work for is San Diego Gas and Electric. Wow. And yeah, so I'm in a unique space, which I'd love to speak to. Uh, there's a lot of folks that maybe- Is that considered uh, uh, critical infrastructure? Yes. In California, okay. So we have, we run the operations for all of San Diego County and a little beyond that, so I'm, I do a, it's a lot of work from home, sort of a hybrid schedule. I, I do have to do some field inspections to check up on our cyber assets. And I do work from home for it's sort of a three, two schedule right now. 
but San Diego's home. I've been here for about 16 years. It's a good place to call home. I, we pay for it. It's uh, it's we pay the sunshine tax. Is what they call it down here because we get the weather. Yeah, so we want our money back when it rains because we're we're paying a lot for it. But yes. um, yeah, I I'm a career changer, like many others who have come before me. I have an interesting background. I was actually a certified crime scene investigator, and I put myself through school initially working in the restaurant industry. I think that's kind of a natural path for a lot of people going to school. And I went down this rabbit hole of wine studies, so I became a certified sommelier and. What? In a beer drinking, taco eating town, and and that just didn't work out very well. And I ended up working in a, I I was a crime scene, actually a certified crime scene investigator. So I spent a lot of time, literally from the wine stains to blood stains, and kind of realizing that it was all sort of chaotic. I was on call very often, you know, just getting out of your warm bed at. I always called it tweaker o'clock in the morning because it was some odd, odd hour where your, you know, your phone would go off and you'd have to go jump into the, you know, the, the, the throes of a, a, a crime scene, you know, a horrendous crime scene. And so you right. kind of become desensitized to that. And I eventually sort of transitioned over to doing, you know, I considered the, you know, while I was an investigator, I was the field mouse. And then I wanted to become the lab rat. So I moved over mm. into the biometric arena where I started working with the automated fingerprint identification systems and doing fingerprint IDs for high profile cases. And so that sort of got me out of the field, but it definitely sparked more interest into tech in general, realizing mm. that I like tech and there was, it was sort of limiting what I could do in that area. And I sort of on the side just started taking an IT class here and there, just purely for fun. I mean, I was enjoying it. I, I considered myself to be fairly technical and I wanted to learn more. And that was another rabbit hole that I went down and I'm still barreling down that. Um, I mean, I, it's it was fascinating and I wasn't able to put my finger on what direction I wanted to go. And sometimes in my case, the job found me, which may not always be the case with with folks pursuing this path, you know, I ended up uh, looking for opportunities and it was challenging for many reasons. I hadn't had the technical experience. I didn't have the credentials in terms of the degree and I didn't have the experience in this area. So I had to go hunt down someone, you know, who would hire me at, at this level, you know, with knowing what I was able to bring to the table. And I took a job, it actually was an hour north of where I live. Um, I'm in San Diego and it was a Temecula company was Motorola Solutions. And I was working some very unconventional uh, hours and it was a network and security operations center. A lot of folks who have experience mm. don't wanna work those hours. They're, you know, most right. of them want the eight to five, but it presented me with an opportunity to get a foot in the door and working those hours really gave me some space um, because, you know, often it'd be times when it was slower, you know, and I could really learn from every, the team, everybody who was already there and just really kind of picking everyone's brains. And there was always someone I could ask questions to. So being in that environment was really where I started to grow while I continued to go to school and pursue my studies, you know, and at this point I was working towards an associates in cybersecurity at San Diego city college. So I got away from from the crime scenes and eating my 
lunch mm-hmm. at the morgue every Saturday and got myself into, I, I thought IT was going to be this beautifully clean office. I just imagined coworkers, <laughs> crisp, you know, iron shirts and no, you know, third level decomposition and no, you know, dumpster diving and all the, the you know, you see the CSI television shows and yeah. that's TV. You know, the reality is, you know, you, you end up in some pretty... <laughs> compromised positions and awkward and there's a reason you wear your Tyvek suit I always called it my my Oompa Loompa suit the white head-to-toe gear putting all your PPE you know your protective personal equipment before you head out and do any of that work so it's been quite an interesting journey you know not one that I planned but ultimately my goal was to stay in a clean office to not get out of my warm bed at three in the morning and to really just kind of pursue a path where I could have influence and presence. Um, one of the things I'm really hoping to speak about is my involvement with the women in cybersecurity. Yes, yes. So yes. I am, we call it WESIS, like we mm-hmm. sisters for short, and it's a global organization. And it has, I mean, it's it's really grown by leaps and bounds with the mission to to recruit, retain, and advance the women in cybersecurity, you know, advance the presence of women in this area, because historically, and to this day, it's a man's man's world, you know, so there's challenges that come with that on its own being a woman. So working with this organization has really allowed me to, I mean, grow and learn and presented with me with the opportunities to, to continue to advance and pursue this field. It's, it's been incredible. And I'm currently serving on the board for our local San Diego WESIS affiliate. Mm. In fact, that was formed over the pandemic, uh, right about 2020, when a group of gals were all, we were kind of all, you know, I, I got on board and decided I wanted to be involved in a greater capacity. So I became a board member and I've been contributing to, to the organization. And we've got a lot of fun projects up our sleeves right now. Little bit of this and that, but yeah. Well, you you had a fun project. Um, what is it? Power the grid. Yes. 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 Yeah. That, so I think one of the things that's interesting, I I think when a lot of people consider pursuing a path in cybersecurity, they are drawn to the sexy jobs. You know, the the coding, the the ethical, the pen testing. You know, I think. A lot of folks want to go into this job with the vision of where they want to land. And that's not typically a job you can land right off, you know, the bat. It's it's a process of building, you know, and when this opportunity presented itself to me, I didn't see myself working in utilities, you know, for the very reason that, you know, I knew nothing about energy other than, you know, when I flip the light switch, I expect the power to go on. That was pretty much, you know, I mean, very superficial knowledge of it. And, but it was struck me, it was interesting to me. And it was a path that was presented to me largely because of my background being forensically trained, really allowed them to, to believe that I could follow very rigid regulatory processes. And that was the reason they reached out to me. They're like, you know, you you know networks, you know how to follow these processes. And in the compliance realm, you know, we think we want to take your eye and plug it into here. And I initially thought, like, who wants to change careers at the height of a plague? You know, I mean, COVID is raging and it just seemed insane to change gears like that. But it ended up 
you know, I gave it, I slept on it and I gave it, gave it some thought and, and uh, it was interesting to me. And I decided to go for it. I said, worst case scenario, I'm going to walk away from this with, um, you know, a new area of experience, you know, and I can build on that. And, and, and so I did. And it's, you know, I have my full, uh, it's FE gear. So it's five, my FR gear, fire resistance gear. So there are times where I have to do inspection of our substations. So mm. our electrical substations highly physically secured in addition to having air gapped environments. So this is sort of an internal network that's connected off of the grid. And then we move to other areas. So that's what we do to connect these particular devices here. And those often have to be inspected. So I'm, I'm, a, you know, from time to time, I'm in the field, you know, in my full on construction helmet, you know, wearing my FR gear in the field, doing these inspections on these cyber assets, coming back, reporting these to upper level. So it's kind of going back and forth between, uh, you know, upper management and, and the folks with the boots on the ground and training and right. education, you know, across the board for all levels. Oh, and, so so you like you like the um, uh, li liaison between the actual workers and the executive management, right? Yes, I mean there's a lot of work involved in that you know, behind the scenes in terms of overseeing the processes uh, and, and you know ensuring that they're complying to federal regulations. We have mm -hmm. very rigid regulations in place, so that would be me involved in you know overseeing the compliance with in terms of our processes, in terms of our passwords, in terms of you know, new devices that are installed and, and making sure that they're in alliance with, with what this country requires. But it is, you know, it's something that we, it's at the forefront right now with us, you know, the grid is connected. You know, we have a, a super grid, you know, across the entire United States and there are many existing threats across the spectrum. You know, on one hand of the Spectrum, you're going to have people who, you know, without question, undeniably, they're going to say over and over again, the greatest threat to our grid is squirrels, you know, and then there's the other side, you know, where we look at nation threat actors, which are more of, you know, they're both very real threats, you know, but those are what we we have to give consideration to in the grander, you know, the grand picture. And I think about the implication of a you know, and a threat actor, you know, compromising our grid in any way. And that's obviously something that we have to work towards to make sure that we keep the lights on, you know, unfortunately now I can do it in an eight to five or seven to four schedule, you know, now I'm not having to wake up in the middle of the night, you know, but I think that's something I would encourage anyone who's interested in breaking into this field is really kind of adjust your expectations. You know, you, a lot, I, I see a lot of folks wanting to be pen testers, mm. wanting to be fully remote. You know, they want that high salary. They want to, you know, work for the, the, the hotshot company. You know, I mean, there's the draw to that. And, and the experience really comes from, you know, it's getting the, you know, it'll build from wherever you can gain that experience and you just want to grow from that, you know? So for me, it was working unconventional hours in that security operations center. That was me. That was my opportunity was I'm willing to move one hour north of where I live. I rented a room up there while I continued to rent down here. And it was going back and forth. And, and one of the challenges is those entry level jobs, especially if you're going to work in a call center, they don't 
pay what you, you'd like to make in this field or what you may need to survive, you know, so I had to have a side job while I was doing that. So it was working those unconventional hours, working a part-time job, running an Airbnb. And so I think that's really important for people to realize, you know, you dream big, you know, dream of working for the fame companies or, you know, you want to work for Amazon, you want to work for Google, Facebook, whatever you want, you know, by all means dream about that and work towards it because it's, it's achievable, but start where you can. It's very competitive right now. And if you're willing to work unconventional hours, if you're willing to work, you know, maybe does that mean you have to move to another area where there isn't so much demand? Are you working in a field that maybe you hadn't considered before as I did myself working in utilities? That was, I, I never saw myself working in this field. You know, I, I mm. you know, people say you work in cybersecurity and you're wearing a construction helmet. You know, that's kind of people have a hard time wrapping their head around, well, we have cyber assets in the field. You know, so I do have to occasionally, you know, go out and do inspections, but for the most part, I'm working from home. So I think that's, that's key is really allowing yourself to, you know, adjust those expectations and decide what can I do right now? I think one of the challenges is you have to come to the table at, you know, there's like the no recipe for success. There's just a, right. you know, I, what's, what's the conventional way to get in this field Well, there really isn't, there's no linear path for any one person, you know? So, so where are you getting, you know, what do you bring to the table? Well, what the, you have to consider what they want at the table. Well, they want experience. They want education. They want certifications. And then there's this fourth element now that I see that is the networking aspect of it, which is primarily LinkedIn, being involved in organizations, you know, in, in some capacity, be an active member in your community. You know, there's plenty of wonderful organizations, you know, whether you're a woman or not, you know, we certainly have male allies in our WESIS organization. So there's yes. no shortage of allies and members and interested, you know, prospective students. And I encourage them all to start there, you know, find an organization, start to meet with the leaders and the folks who are already in the field, find out their path, you know, how did they get to where they, you know, ar you know arrived. And you'll often find that, you know, there isn't there isn't that one way to do it you know there's there's wonderful stories from everyone in the field of of the, their own personal paths and i think it's super interesting to see folks coming from you know even having watched former episodes you know seeing people who worked in restaurants you know myself included you know they worked in restaurants and they worked their way up the restaurant they were managing restaurants and then they broke you know they took a pay cut to break into some call center where they learned all of the, the rudimentary sort of troubleshooting that's really essential to this, you know. The education aspect is, you know, I, I would say there's arguments for and against it. I, you can certainly work in this field without having a degree, you know, and maybe we're moving away from degrees with the convenience of training, sure. you know, the availability of training online. So maybe that's no longer the case but you know i myself am currently enrolled in um western governors university the, the wgu pro their cybersecurity and information yeah program, what are you taking there um i am doing the cybersecurity and information assurance largely because my first degree was not technical right and i realized that that was going to be something i would need to advance 
And I kind of just a personal goal. I wanted to get that under my belt. And it's a great program because it sort of just stacks a lot of desirable, you know, sort of entry level type of certifications, which I think are great, whether or not you're someone who has experience and you just you need to get earn the degree in a, in a way that's convenient with your schedule. Or you can, you know, if you're someone new who's never done this before, you can kind of hit the ground running there. So education would be another aspect of it. And then the certifications are, again, desirable. And then there'd be the networking component, which I think has been more beneficial to me than any of the other three combined. At the end of the day, experience is king. If you know how to do the work, you can get the job yeah. without everything else, you know, but it is sort of what all of those things together work to, you know, to build the, the ideal resume, you know, to, that you would bring to the table. And you know, like I said, there's no right or wrong way to do it, you know, but yeah. it, it's a great field. I've, I've been in, I've been enjoying my time with it. The opportunities, you know, are vast once you are able to get in and put your finger on what it is you want to do when you grow up, which I think there's, there's this beneath the umbrella of cybersecurity. There's just so much you can do. Where do, where do you, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, we're all still kind of figuring it out. Yeah, no, that's great. We have some questions from the audience. You mind asking questions, Veronica? No, not at all. So we have a question from Tracy. Uh, she says, with all the cutbacks hitting IT and for those individuals either taking courses or breaking into cybersecurity, what advice would you give them on continuing to pursue this career in addition to gaining experience where many firms are not hiring entry level or even seasoned vets are out of work. Yeah, that's really a shame. Thanks for the question, Tracy. Yeah. I think one of the I think this is where I can emphasize the power of your network. What I'm seeing is that the traditional apply for a job and the the shotgun approach to job hunting, you know, which is what historically you would do. You just you you made a resume, you tailored it, and you you launched it to as many places as you could. I don't think that that recipe works anymore in this field. Um, if you're not already active on the LinkedIn platforms, what I'm seeing is that because people have these great connections on this platform, they will tend, it's very easy to reach out to a colleague. Hey, I see that you work for XYZ company and that you, you, you is it possible for me to get um, is there any way you could help me with getting the resume in front of a hiring manager? It, it's sort of a direct line, you know, a direct path to getting that resume to the right into the right hands, because the, that whole conventional process of firing out an application, you know, getting it out into the masses and tailoring it, it's exhausting. And I've done it. I've done it where it took me about 58 applications to get my first job in that network, you know, operation and security center, it was, it was, it was bloody. It was really ugly, you know, to trying to get through all those resumes. And what I'm seeing now is the job I have now was through my network, um, getting it in front of the right person. There's a really active, wonderful community on LinkedIn, you know, who's very helpful, you know, really open to, 
you know, to supporting folks. We've been in those shoes. We, we know the challenge of getting into the field, how, how difficult it can be. And, and there's a lot of support out there. And I would also recommend getting involved. You know, um, you, I, I would recommend if you haven't already to join the Women in Cybersecurity Organization. There are many resources there, including a job board. There is an annual job career fair. It's a, it's been virtual with COVID. You know, um, we may move away from that, but there is an annual conference. As a woman, because there, there are many global initiatives in place for women to advance in the field because we're so you know underrepresented as you know it's a man's world so certainly you know i would recommend joining wesis womeninsybersecurity.org becoming a member and trying to find a local affiliate yes i put the link in the chat so everybody could join oh great yes definitely you know join there start there try to find a, is do, is there a local affiliate in your area if they're not, I mean, you can start one there. There's a process to begin one. If you want to take the lead, imagine having that on your oh, resume. Wow. I started the whatever city I'm in, WESIS affiliate. You know, Is that what you did? Um, that's a, a group. There's a group of women who, who together. You started the infrastructure. Pardon? I said you started the critical infrastructure. No, no, no. Um, this is for the WESIS San Diego affiliate. Yeah. Yes. No, no, no. I mean, yeah. you started the WESA's critical infrastructure. No, no, no. We started you the San started Diego it? affiliate. Yes. Okay. But, but I'm involved. I mean, I, I attend the WESA's critical infrastructure. So oh, that's okay. A separate affiliate that I have participated in. We just did a really cool event called um, Hack the Power. Yeah. I so there was a two day event, one day with a educational sort of format with lectures were taking place by folks throughout the field who kind of gave us a, a sense of how to prepare for the following day, which was a CTF event where they actually had a, a mock electrical substation that they broke into and took down. So WESIS Critical oh, Infrastructure right. is uh, another affiliate under the, the greater global women in cybersecurity organization. Gotcha. So that's, that's um, specific to critical infrastructure and that's, that's been a great program, but I'm, I'm, I have not been, um, I'm not on that board, the leadership oh, board for that one. Okay. I'm on the leadership board for the women in cybersecurity, San Diego, San Diego. Okay. Yeah. Yes. But all are, you know, uh, if, if you have an opportunity and, and you have the ambition to do this there, I guarantee there are women in your neighborhood or in your area that, are probably wanting to join and are probably in the same scenario. And it's good to have a tiny army of support, you know, so if you can get that locally, wonderful. If you can get it at the global level through an organization such as WESIS, um, there's plenty of other cybersecurity organizations. I'm just a big cheerleader for WESIS because I'm, I'm, I'm very involved with that, you know, yes. and then again, you know, put it out there on, on your, you know, social networks, you know, get on LinkedIn, start building, you know, your community and, and growing from there, you know, there's a vast amount. It's astonishing how much, how many free resources are out there right now, yeah. for training, you know, which is overwhelming me, actually. It is. It is. <laughs> it makes me wonder, you know, it makes, it makes me question that, that conventional path of getting a degree, which makes me wonder is, is that going to be the case moving forward? Are we going to, 
continue to require these degrees when the reality is so much of this training is available elsewhere. Yes. So, I mean, you can do this, you know, that online, you can build your own lab in your home and start working on projects. People, you can get a GitHub sub, you can just start doing your own personal projects, you know, while you're studying, while you're networking. And all these sort of things combined sort of seem to be the recipe for success, you know, and the persistence, because it is, it's competitive. Um, largely because, um, unfortunately, we, we don't have a very clear we don't there aren't entry level type opportunities unfortunately uh, the work i think folks go I'll, I'll give the example of myself when i first started taking cybersecurity classes at a city college i got excited i'm just going to take cybersecurity and I, I just dove you know i went head first into cybersecurity classes and i just bombed i had no idea i didn't have the foundations and i would yes. say that foundations first you know maybe that CompTIA A plus credential isn't very, you know, ambitious. You think, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that, but I'll tell you that that knowledge is very beneficial. All, all of the, the fundamentals, you know, your, your troubleshooting with your hardware, your software, your networking, troubleshooting, all of that is, it really sort of needs to be into your muscle memory by the time you get into when you're actually protecting systems at that point, that needs to be innate. And, and I would say, don't skip that at all. Uh, it's, it's critical. It's easy to overlook it. You know, I get it. Yes. It's a plus exam is challenging. It's two exams. Like what it's two different exams, you know, and the, it's a loads of memorization, but you are building off of that. And I think that this knowledge is incremental. So if you start there and then, um, you know, and, and I did that, you know, so I bombed my first cybersecurity class. It was a disaster. I tried, I sat in class. It was so over my head with the acronyms, the knowledge, you know, I just, it was, this was in 2016 and I realized I had to start over. And, and so I went to um, a continuing education program to get some of those mm. fundamentals down first. You know, right. before I went back and tried to do this again. And that was huge. That was really, really massive in terms of really absorbing the, you know, I, I saw the quote recently. I, I um, trying to remember who said it. It was Daniel Kelly, but he said, um, you know, the thing about cybersecurity is you'll always, you're always going to be a student. If you pick, if you pursue mm -hmm. this path, you're going to be a student. A student. Yep. Actually, for all of your days, you know, you're going to be a student because there's no way to know anything, you know, I'm, I very much, I am a student. I, I, I continue to consider myself a student and I imagine that I always will be. And if you're someone who enjoys, you know, if you're a lover of learning or if you're a hopeless philomath like myself, you know, just enjoy learning, then this is a great field for you. Yeah, that's awesome. I got one more question for you. Uh, it is from Eddie. I hope I'm saying the name right, right? It's spelled unique, a very unique spelling, right? Um, Veronica has a question for you, Veronica. From a cybersecurity standpoint, how is your group handling the IEEE and IT cyber uh, complexities as the federal government fed ramp as it relates to utilities? 
We have very dedicated groups. So the company is, is fairly large. And so we have several different areas. So I'm working specifically in compliance. And we have teams dedicated to each of these areas where we work very closely with, uh, you know, we actually get updates regularly. So probably twice a week, we're having online meetings where we're trying to stay abreast of what's happening. Additionally, we stay abreast with that with annual conferences or quarterly conferences where we're provided with, uh, we're, we're specific, my area of expertise is more in the NERC SIP area. So that's our critical infrastructure protection. And so we're adhering to those components. And that's that's something that we, our group, you know, we have about 10 of us, our little tiny army, where we're addressing these issues as they continue to evolve and grow. And it's sort of, we're a newer group, you know, so implementing these processes with, with you know, I think historically it's been about maybe less than eight years that our team has been there. And I'm, I'm the newest member. Actually, we just had a new supervisor, so I'm the second newest member. So it's been a lot that we've had to learn over this time, you know, in terms of integrating these processes and adhering to these very rigid procedures. It's been very challenging. Right, right. Uh, do you think the federal government is now paying more attention to yeah. uh, ICS and, and their, their, that attention is helping you or hindering you? Um, I, I think it's helping, you know, there's, there's work involved for everyone and it, the work has to, ha it has to happen. Uh, we have seen federal initiatives now, uh, to include, uh, right. You know, Biden had approved an initiative to allow training at no cost, specifically in the area of industrial control systems, oh, wow. largely because of the delicate dance between informational technology and operational technology. We're seeing more of our systems are relying on, you know, our, our operational technology in the field where they're getting connected and, and they're on the network and that's sort of the trajectory we're looking to take. So yes, we need the federal support behind us and it's incredible what they're doing at that level and getting it down to, you know, having it trickle down to, to where we're all implementing, you know, at every employee level, you know, we can sit there all day and night and say, cybersecurity is everyone's responsibility. But that's, that's, you know, initiatives that are in place that we, we are happy to adhere to. And, you know, we work individually, we're very unique operations. So everyone has to kind of take it and implement it into their processes. Oh, that's awesome. I have another question from Rose, right? She says she's having difficulty finding entry level SOC analyst positions. And she also said to help gain experience, is there any advice you could give her? Yes, I would suggest if, if, if not able to get into a SOC, try to get into a NOC, which is a network operations center. Try to get into a call center. Um, again, I, I know it's not glamorous. It's not you know being at the help desk, but that experience is a good place to hang your hat while you continue your other avenues in terms of education, in terms of networking in terms of continuing to build um entry-level SOC positions can be difficult to get but i it's i've i've seen that it, it might be easier if you have some call center experience if you have so some sorry. credentials under your belt that and again um i would suggest working you know if you're open to working some unconventional hours yes Docs, knocks those call centers typically are 24 seven operations. 24 /7, and yeah. 
Um, folks looking to break in, I would recommend working, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it's not ideal. It's, it, I, I'm going to say I've done it myself. It's difficult for your sleep schedule, but if you're willing to work when everyone else is sleeping, there, there will be more opportunities at that time. You know, again, not ideal, you know, in terms for most of us. And some people do actually really well on, on that schedule. You know, it's like some of the guys who worked the night shift three o'clock in the morning, they were at their finest, you know, they, that's just when they, <laughs> they, they were, you know killing. why? Because, most of us are gamers and that's gaming that's, hour. <laughs> I mean, some guys preferred it. Like the, the, the light would come in and they, you know, they were like vampire sort of schedules. But they <laughs> loved it. They loved it, you know. Um, but that would be my my suggestion as you continue to pursue all the other paths to include joining organizations, getting earning your credentials, you know, and pursuing school, networking. Those four things seem to be that recipe for success that I have pursued and that I will continue to pursue as, you know, again, I'm, I'm still very new to the field as a career changer. You know, this is my year three, you're going into year four of this career change. Um, but that's how I did it, you know, and maybe that, that works or, you know, or not, but I'm, I'm happy to speak with anyone. If you want to reach out to me on LinkedIn, I'm happy to answer any additional questions. Um, or if you have oh, any questions about for that. Um, women in cybersecurity in general, I'd love to point you in the right direction. I think Professor Rogers dropped it in the chat. So I think that's there. If not, reach out to me and I'm happy to, to answer. Yeah, I'll put your LinkedIn back in the chat. Oh, and, great. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I'll put it in the chat for everybody. Um, uh, we have time for one more question. If anybody has a question, let's see. If not, uh, Veronica, you have any, uh, uh, you gave us so many gems, first of all. Thank you for that, right? I like the gem about being flexible, unconventional, right? Foundation is first, right? You did a lot, a lot. Um, is Do you want to leave us with something? Leave us I with another gem. Uh, another gem. Yes. <laughs> Putting the pressure on me. No, I just <laughs> thank you for having me on here. You know, I, I want to let everyone know. Stay oh, yeah. Course. And this is yeah. your first podcast. It so is. we are honored. Adding it to my, my, my uh, you know, again, be open to those experiences. You know, um, I've never done a podcast before. And I thought, you know, this would probably look good on my resume at some point. And, you know, it, it does take a little bit above and beyond, you know, the, the job doesn't always find you, you know, sometimes you're going to put yourself out there, but make sure you people know that you're looking for work, you know, you, you just never it, it so much of it is just impeccable timing that you happen to, you know, know the right person when this opportunity opens up, maybe had you not had that connection, you wouldn't even have been made aware of the opportunity. But I can tell you, we're seeing more opportunities on LinkedIn than we are, you know, conventionally advertised. So if you know somebody who knows someone and you can say hey would you introduce me to xyz i see that they work at the company that i'm looking at an opportunity for that's going to be a more a far more direct path than just sort of like i mentioned before that that shotgun approach of just shooting firing 70 tailored resumes um i think you know you you, you are going to have a better chance maybe working for you know a smaller company working those I, I call them the tweaker hours because you're up at when everyone's sleeping. You know, that's kind of yes, what yes. my tweaker shift, you know, um, and your body adapted and I just did it and I learned and, and you know, gain the opportunity where, where you can get it, gain the experience where you can, whether it's 
academic, whether you've built your own lab, where you're networking, where you're meeting folks, you know, going to conferences, being active in your community, it puts you on the face and it, you know, it sort of creates those opportunities for you when you're already, you know, immersing yourself in the industry. Yes. Veronica, it's been a pleasure. Right. I'm going to go eat some leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> get, get on your Black Friday. Yes. Yes. And whatnot. And yes. Yes. Life I'm going to put on my Black Friday ninja suit. Right. <laughs> Black Eye Friday. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. And um, thanks for asking questions to your audience. And again, feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to uh, you know, answer any further questions that there might be. Yes. Thank you. Goodbye, y'all. Thank you for oh, your, um, all your questions. Thank you. Have a good weekend, everyone. Thanks. Bye now. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.